tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you've stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review about your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by giving online at believerschurch.tv. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We're located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. I'd like to welcome you guys again to Believer's Church. Thank you so much for, for being with us today. I know that we do have, like I said, some new people. I try to do this as often as I can. My name is Matt Smith. I'm the interim pastor here. We're just grateful whatever brought you here today that you are here. Another thing that I want to mention real quick that I think is really important is that next Sunday happens to be Father's Day. So I want to make sure, I'm I'm saying this for a reason. Mother's Day is the third highest attended Sunday of the year after, you guessed it, Christmas and Easter. Father's Day is one of the lowest attended Sundays of the year. There's a reason for that. Because moms, what they usually want to do is try to get their kids that one day of the year to come to church with them. And dads that one day of the year want to get their kids to try to go fishing with them. All right, so I'm just mentioning that because we want you guys here, especially considering it's the seventh and final part of the series that we're in right now, Eternity is Now in Session. So uh, to follow up on that, we are in part six today of a seven-week series titled Eternity is Now in Session. We are discussing salvation, eternal life, and what it means to get in the good place. Last week we discussed purgation, or the process of becoming pure. That's a next step along with everything that we've talked about it. We literally talked about it as having the hell burned out of us. All right, now what we're going to talk about today, none of this would make sense if it didn't lead to the possibility of a new mental map. So today we're going to talk about something called illumination. And this is the process of seeing or thinking differently. So illumination is the process of seeing or thinking differently. Now, I want to make sure that we don't confuse this with what we talked about a couple weeks ago, which was awakening. Okay, so awakening, which is also this, this, a lot like illumination, you're seeing things differently. Awakening is literally where you're waking up to this new process of recognizing that you have completely depleted all of your resources. There is simply nothing that you can do, nothing that you are able to do on your own. All right, so you recognize that. Now, illumination is what you actually do with that whenever you recognize this new reality that is taking place. All right? So whenever I was a teenager, uh, my parents warned me about driving in the snow. And we give our kids warnings all the time that they don't pay attention to. All right, my dad's here, he just said amen. And, and I wish there was some understanding that we have um, whenever we're younger, because you understand this whenever you become a parent, that whenever you tell your child something, you're telling them because they don't quite understand that thing yet, and you love them and you naturally worry because that's what you do as a parent. All right, that's just part of the process, that's normal. So they tell me this day, whenever you drive out in the snow, Make sure that you're very careful. Make sure that you're paying attention to what you're doing. I think at that point, I was 16 years old. I'd never driven in snow before. And like many 16-year-olds, it's in one ear and out the other. 
all right, I'm not necessarily paying real close attention. I get down the road. I'm going at my regular speed. And then all of a sudden, I'm not even driving fast, but I start to slide in the snow. And as I start to slide in the snow, I have to hit the brakes. And whenever I hit the brakes, which is what you're not supposed to do, which was I was probably told you're not supposed to do, I hit a rock wall uh, that's in our neighborhood. I didn't hit it hard. I didn't hit it hard enough to do damage to the car. I didn't do it hard enough to do any kind of damage to the wall. But it was enough to get my attention about that experience. Now, since that time, I've always paid attention to driving a certain way whenever it snows. Okay, so I think, used to think one way, but after a certain kind of experience, I now think a different way. Do you see where I'm going with this? All right, so this is what we're talking about with illumination. It means that we are beginning to develop and live by a new mental map. This doesn't start with heaven. All right, again, some people look at this as a far off, distant thing, an eternal thing. One day I'm going to be in heaven whenever I die. That's when I'm going to be with God or see my loved ones, or whatever it is that heaven's supposed to look like. Everything's going to be easier. It's where good people go because they're good and not bad. That's what heaven's going to be like. But what we've talked about in this series is that eternity is now in session. And if you are not living by this new mental map and what this map means as an understanding, then what we would argue from a Christian perspective is you have a completely difficult understanding of what heaven means. And what this kind of reality means that we actually live into. All right, so it must start here. So Paul writes to the church in Corinth. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 if you do want to turn there. Paul writes to the church in Corinth of what it means to be a new creation. All right, or part of the new creation. Illumination begins with the process of becoming a new creation. All things are new. Douglas Campbell, the scholar, he said it this way. It's difficult to escape the idea that Paul is speaking of a profound transformation of the person through partial identification with Christ. Again, the problem that we've talked about whenever we look at eternity and heaven as this far off place is that there has never been this identification with Christ that is deeply, deeply personal. Now, while Tyler's up here leading us in worship and we're all worshiping together, that's an experience that we have corporately all together. Those of us that are believers, we understand that. We know why we're clapping. It's not because the band is doing good. It's because we know that we've been rescued from this death that they are singing about. All right, so illumination is this process. You recognize that change has to take part in your life, and then all of a sudden you are thinking a new way, not the way that you used to think. Again, we can't get four of these seven correct and be okay. We can't get six of these seven correct and be okay. This is a full package situation, and it's what eternity actually looks like as we walk into this process called salvation. So in order, in order for us to truly be saved or on our way to heaven, there must be this profound identification with the personhood of Christ. There must be this transformation that happens within us. And this, this mental map within us that has changed everything is the Holy Spirit within us. All right, this is not behavior modification. 
This is not, okay, well, I'm around some people that live a little bit differently than me. Maybe it seems that they found some kind of code of ethics or system of morality, and if I can rise up to that in kind of a self-help way, I'm going to be okay. No, it has nothing to do with you. It's something that we talked about last week and the week before that. It's something that is born in you that begins to change the way that you see the world. All right, so that's what this is. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 16 through 21 if you want to read along with us uh, today. You can also look that up on the screen if you want to. So this is what Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. So from this point forward, we won't recognize people by human standards, even though we used to know Christ by human standards, this isn't how we know him now. So Jesus used to walk the earth in the exact same way that we walk the earth. But we know that there has been, as the band was just singing about, a resurrection. All right, so the way that we see Jesus now, our Christology, our way of looking at Jesus, has completely elevated and completely risen. So that if anyone is in Christ, that is important right there, in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. And this is how profound this is. The old things have gone away and look, the new things have arrived. All of these new things are from God, not things that I can manufacture within myself. They are part of a new mental map. They are part of a new way of seeing the world. They're not part of, if I go to church often enough, I can learn how to be a good person. If I follow this person, if I listen to this podcast, if I try to uh, take influence from this person or that book or whoever, maybe I can become a better person. No, this is about a transformation in which you're laying everything down in your life. In other words, God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ by not, and this is what's key for us, counting people's sins against them. Aren't we grateful for that? He has trusted us with this message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors who represent Christ. God is negotiating with you through us. We beg you as Christ's representatives, this important responsibility, be reconciled to God. God calls the one who didn't know sin, this is Jesus, to be sin for our sake so that through him we could in fact become righteousness. So what does this new mental map look like? Because what a lot of people do is they think about Christianity as an outsider. Other people, they think about Christianity as this, this deep internal transformation that we're talking about. So in order to have a litmus test today, or in order to have an understanding, if you are in this group, the significant group that we are talking about, when we talk about eternity being in session, what does this new map of reality or a way of seeing the world look like? First thing to point out is this. This new mental map is part of what we just talked about, which is the new creation. All right, this isn't something you can skip over. This isn't something that you can fail to experience. This is something that has to be part of your experience. Again, people talking all the time about heaven as this distant, far-off place. One day, I'm going to go there. Or one day, I really hope I get to go there. No, it is something that you can experience here. Verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. If anyone is in Christ, is part of the new creation. 
The old things have gone away. What you used to be has gone away. Does that mean that a person's politics shift? Often. Does that mean that what they listen to, what they watch, the things that they observe shift? Most of the time. Does that mean the way that they treat people that they might otherwise disagree with or family members that they have a hard time with? Does that mean that that changes? Yes. Otherwise, you are going insane every minute of your day if the Spirit is living within you because you are part of what we are calling a new creation. I love the way Eugene Peterson says this in the translation of the message. He says it this way in verse 17. Anyone united with the Messiah, with Christ, gets a fresh start and is created new. This is just another way of saying that all of the old things, the way that I used to be, has passed away. Now, please keep in mind, this doesn't mean it all happens overnight. All right? So we're not saying that if you are literally completely 100% different, that it didn't happen and it hasn't occurred, but it is a process. And it is a process that continues. So again, if we want to measure where we were five years ago, where we were one year ago, where we were six months ago, this can give us an indication of the direction that we are actually going in. And it's going to answer a lot of our questions. So maybe you're familiar with the show Property Brothers. All right, raise your hand if you're familiar with that show. You see almost everybody. You see these guys? All right, so, so Beth watches this show and other shows like this. I, every time I walk in the house, it seems like, well, she's on other stuff now, but this is stuff she was watching for a long time. I'm not a big fan of this show. But, <laughs> but uh, when I walk by, when I walk by casually and stop to watch and I see pictures of an old house or, or an old room and a new room, it's really amazing to me. Like it's actually, that actually gets my attention. Like I actually start for a minute and what I love to watch is the husband and the wife as they go through. Because if you guys have seen these shows, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is what the wife says. I can't believe this is the same place. Yeah, I'll never do that again, I promise. But, but that's the way they say it. They're like, I cannot believe this is the same place. And then the next thing they usually say is, this is exactly what I wanted. You know how they say that? And the husband is just kind of standing there like, well, I guess I'm doing well, all right? Because if she's happy, everybody can be happy. But you recognize these rooms that look completely different, and that's kind of the point of the show. So as I'm watching this show with very little skill whatsoever, half of you in here can already testify to that with my hands. I'm watching this show, and I think there is no way that this looks like the same place. All right, there is no way. I don't even know how they did this. I don't even know how they had the vision to begin with to make this look like such a different place. So the point is this. People should look at us and say, there is no way that is the same person. There is no way that is the same person. I knew Matt how he used to be. I knew Matt 11 years ago before he moved to Kentucky, and now I've heard he quit drinking and he got all religious, and all these things have happened, and he's trying to do other things. There should be observable difference whenever this experience, it's not the same old person that you used to be. But unfortunately, what we have a lot of times is the, the, the rundown shack with the polyester curtains, and 10 years later, it still looks like the rundown shack with the polyester curtains. All right, it's nothing against polyester curtains if that's what you have. All right, but that's what it looks like. 
It looks exactly the same, and there has never been any observable change that shows that a person is actually part of the new creation. So over time, again, over time, it's a process. Salvation is a process. Sanctification is a process. All right? It's what Paul's talking about when he says we work out our salvation. All right? We change over time. Things that bothered us, that didn't bother us when we came to Christ, originally, two or three years later, have the ability to get under our skin because the goal and the desire with the Spirit living within us is to move closer and closer and closer to Christ. So as I think about this not looking like the same person, I think about a friend of mine. I've used this analogy before at, at, at a, a previous church. But I have a friend that I went to high school with and actually that I grew up with. His name's Michael Smith. And uh, Michael, one, one thing you have to understand about him, we were always very close. And we used a lot of drugs together. And we drank together. And we partied together for many years. All right? And prior to that, whenever I was a kid, I was at least still strongly connected to the church, whereas for whatever reason, even though he was raised in the church as well, he was always standoffish and wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. I lived in Kentucky several years, and I start noticing that his Facebook posts are very different. I knew that he had struggled with addiction. I knew that he had bottomed out based on some things that I have heard. And I have never in my life, knowing him the way that he was and the way that he is now, seen a person that's been transformed like that. It is an absolutely incredible, contagious, beautiful thing. And it is nothing that we bring in ourselves. Also notice that this new mental map is followed by a new title that we have. All right, the title in the past may have been Sinner. All right, but it's followed by this new title, and this new title is Ambassador. You have a new description, and this really has a lot to do with how you live life, how you live your life. Verse 20 says, we are ambassadors who represent Christ. That word represent is critical because it's part of the definition. So as an ambassador of something, we surely understand this new direction. An ambassador should be able to act as a guide. So please understand this isn't about believing a certain way because that's not enough. It's about behaving a certain way. It's about acting a certain way in the world. It's about taking on a mantle of a new kind of responsibility that not just pastors are responsible for. Or not just people who have been in church for 30 or 40 years that are maybe really involved. Or not maybe just the super good people that you see in your community that everyone looks up to. All right, this role is not just for them. This role is for everyone that has taken on this belief and taking on this responsibility as followers of Jesus. So ambassador, what this literally means, this is a New Oxford American Dictionary, is a person who acts as a representative or a promoter of a certain activity. All right, think about ambassadors to a foreign country, ambassadors from the United States. When, when an ambassador, when you have an ambassador in France, when you have an ambassador in South Korea, all right, when you have an ambassador in Zimbabwe, wherever this may be, what is their responsibility? Their responsibility is to act on part as representatives of the United States and show the best reputation absolutely possible 
as a result of the role that they have been given. So ambassador in Greek, it literally means, and I love this, to be rooted or established. So whenever you tell yourself, I'm supposed to be an ambassador, what does that mean? It means that I'm supposed to be deeply rooted and I'm supposed to be established. What I hear with this is that there is a level of maturity that has to come with being an ambassador. Learning spiritual maturity, and again, for those of you that are new Christians, for those of you that are on the outside of this, this is not an overnight thing. All right, this is a process that is actually going to take time. So it's important that you understand this. So here's some important questions we would ask about ambassadors. And please tell me if this is you. An ambassador of Christ clearly models what Christ looks like in this world. Forgiveness. Love for neighbor. What it means to turn the other cheek. What it means to practice grace in every situation. What it means to be a person of high integrity. All right, an ambassador of Christ clearly models what Jesus would look like. Who are the people that Jesus would approach? I can't approach that person. I don't know what, what people would say about me. There's no way I can be seen with that person. What would Jesus do? That's what an ambassador must understand as their role. An ambassador also defends the reputation of the church and of Christ. Listen, please understand this. I get it that historically we've messed up. I get it historically that we've made a lot of decisions that have turned a lot of people away, that even turned me away for a long time. I get that. But we are the body of Christ. And without this body, we have absolutely nothing else. This is our first form of family. An ambassador also seeks to spread the influence of Christ in our cultural moment. What is the responsibility of an ambassador overseas? What is the responsibility of someone who goes on the behalf of England or on the behalf of Japan to the United States representing their country? They are trying to show and supposed to show what it is that their country looks like. And the problem that we have, and this is the issue with eternity not being in session, the problem that we have is that instead of ambassadors, we have spectators. We have people that are on the sidelines. We have people that talk about Christianity or talk about their faith in Christ in a deeply, deeply casual way that are in no way, form, or fashion prepared for this eternity that they believe that they are entering into. Last, this new mental map changes or changed our position in the entire story. And I really think that last song that the band sang, whenever we sang Death Was Arrested, I think it really speaks in to this truth. All right, verse 21 says this, God caused the one who didn't know sin. Jesus did not know sin, did not experience sin. Though he felt temptation as being fully human while being fully God, did not know sin but took sin on for our sake so that through him we could become the justice 
or the righteousness of God. Our position, and this has been a theme that we've talked about every single week, our position has been elevated. You see yourself as that person that constantly struggles. If you're covered by the blood, Jesus does not see you. God does not see you that way. You beat yourself up with the shame that we talked about in one of these songs. God does not see you that way. You mess up, you screw up, you're frustrated with yourself, you're, you, there's all this self-condemnation. You struggle with anxiety, you struggle with fear, you struggle with worry, you struggle with depression. You struggle with trying to make relationships right in your life. You're deeply broken because your kids still aren't talking to you because of things you did years away, they will not forgive you. God does not see you that way. You have been elevated. Your story is different. And this is the eternity that you have to understand uh, to walk into. So our position has been elevated. And our connection to Jesus is through what he did on the cross and not through what we are or what we have done. If we are ambassadors, if that's true, if we are ambassadors, and if we are part of a new creation, as I believe we are, then our status has been intentionally elevated in a way that money, fortune, nothing else can do for you in your life. But here is the problem. Most people that use the title Christian or use the title spiritual or use the title religion religious do not live as if their status actually has been elevated there's a crucial pro this is a crucial problem because these individuals look at eternity as something that is in the distant future well i hope one day that i go to heaven i hope that's one day that i experience or i know that i'm going to experience that because like i said one time at a certain church i prayed a prayer i try to believe the right things i try to be good to all people all of these things but they see it as a something in the distant future, not something they can delight in today. So illumination means that I see the world and my purpose very, very differently. It also means that I am operating with a new mental map. If I, The way that I look at people, the decisions that I make every day, the way that I raise my children, the times that I have to eat crow because I've made mistakes, all of those things are a result of this new mental map, and I can promise you, if 25% if of this church, the people that are in this room right now, if 25% of this church lived into this to the fullest, the Tri-Cities area would look completely different. It would look completely different because people are looking everywhere else. And what they look whenever they see us is not eternity in session. They see insider mentality. They see religious elitism. They see people shouting down their throats that are often more prejudiced than any of the people they know that don't go to church. And am I wrong about that? What happens when our status is elevated and we recognize what it means to live as if eternity is in session as true followers of Jesus? So again, we mentioned a litmus test. Let's analyze where we are. As we close today, let's analyze where we are. The first thing about this map, this map is other-focused, and it's not about me. You see, whenever you accept Christ, whenever you are part of this new creation, 
creation. Whenever you act as an ambassador, your personal autonomy goes out the window. And if you can't accept, if it's too difficult for you, if you say, well, that's a step that I can't take because I don't believe that's right, I don't believe that's what a God or gods or a higher being would want of me, that's perfectly fine. You are completely entitled to feel that way. But it means that you are not falling into this category of illumination that we're talking about right now. It's other-focused. It's other-focused at all times. Your spouse, your kids, the widow, the orphan, the foreigner, the individual that you see is struggling, the coworker that is going through something, the person that is alone, the broken places that Jesus reaches every single time. That's what the gospel is, by the way. All right, it's not how much we can dress up on a Sunday or how good we can look to impress people that we don't even like. All right, just a fact, all right? Uh, this map constantly directs my life closer and closer to following Jesus, meaning that I am seeking this discipleship that we talked about in week two, whenever we said, follow me. I'm seeking this discipleship. As, as I mentioned with, with Justin and Tyler and Ryan, uh, as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, we are looking at the teachings and the ethics of, of Jesus, which are radical. I, and you don't see them in most churches, are radical. All right, we're looking at that. And then also this new mental map fills the pain of sin and turning away from God. When I'm wrong, when I've hurt someone, when I've hurt myself through decisions that I'm making on a regular basis, I don't know about you, but I feel something inside. And it's not guilt. All right, it's not guilt. I've, I've felt plenty of guilt in my life about a lot of things. It's a disturbance of what the Spirit is trying to do within me. All right, so illumination or this new mental map, what it means is that whenever I wake up and whenever I see the world, I am not doing the things metaphorically that I would do as a kid or a teenager, but I'm understanding the new maturity and the new life that I am stepping into. A few years ago, um, I, was, I was driving home from Dayton, Ohio, where I was going to seminary, and it was the worst snow that I've ever driven in in my life. Beth and I were in a big fight because she wanted me to leave earlier, and I wasn't able to leave earlier because I only had four days for the class that went all day, but she was scared to death about, uh, for good reason, you know, about me getting home, but I said, I gotta stay. So whenever I'm driving home, we're talking about four hours, Dayton, Ohio to Prestonsburg, Kentucky, going about 25 miles an hour in this horrible storm. Now, if I'd been cruising along at a rapid speed like I often am, I can promise you, before I even made it out of Dayton, before I even made it to the interstate, I would have had an accident. But I remembered the rock wall that I hit when I was a teenager and I didn't want to go back there I didn't want to go back there you see where I'm going illumination a new mental map I've been there Christ has enlightened me the spirit is directing me life is different now I have a problem with that person, I got to deal with it. 
I don't deal with it. I don't sleep. I've hurt someone. I've got angry. I have to confess. I have to repent. Because there is a disturbance within me that will not allow another way. So I'm driving in this snow, going really, really slow. And these are my thoughts primarily because I want to see my family again. Steady. Focus. Patience. Prayer. Trust. Four hours in the car, driving in really, really, and, and it never led up, by the way. All right, there were certain places I knew were going to be worse than others because they were off the interstate. Steady. Focus. Patience. Prayer. Trust. Every single day, every waking hour. It's a new mental map. It's a different way of seeing the world. People talk about heaven. Uh, people talk about church. People talk about God. And they're using the old map. They're still using the old map. Eternity is to be in session here. The new mental math is part of the process. Are you there? With all heads bowed this morning and all eyes closed, you may be honest enough to admit that you are in a place of struggle, you are in a place in which you know that you've accepted Christ, you know that that is a decision that you have made, but you're just not there right now from the perspective of this map. You've, you've traded in the GPS and you've walked in the convenience store to get the old map. And you're using that and your direction is horrible. And if you're a child of God, you know that. Like, you know there are areas that you're struggling. You know that God's not getting your best. You know those things are real. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us a place of open confession where we can admit that and we can acknowledge that and we can be made whole. If you're willing to admit that with no one looking around, no cameras for people on the live stream able to see you, would you raise your hand so that I can pray for you? Thank you for your honesty. Thank you, guys. Anyone else in here? Thank you. I see your hand. Anyone else? Is, uh, there's nothing more precious than open confession. Anyone else this morning? Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you in the back. Uh, Father, I lift you up today. As a, as a sinner and understanding that that is my condition until I breathe my last breath. I pray that you make me the dad that I'm supposed to be and the husband that I'm supposed to be and the worker that I'm supposed to be and the friend that I'm supposed to be and that you forgive me Again, freshly anew today. God, I pray for those that lifted up their hands that, that have those relationships in their lives that are struggling. Those who are openly involved in things, God, that they know 
our sin, along with the battles that they are experiencing deeply within. Because, Father, if we're going to show people the light, the salt and the light, we've got to be clean people. We've got to be people that are willing to confess, Father. We lift you up and we pray that we live every day of our lives as if heaven is in the here and now today. We ask these things in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit our Believers Church Facebook page or our website at believerschurch.tv. If you enjoyed this message, please make sure to subscribe and join us next week as we continue our mission to lead broken people to become fully devoted followers of Christ.